Hello, and welcome to PhD Paranormal. We're a pair of semi-normal PhDs. Tell you about a world full of spooky, terrifying things. When we are prepared to do so. And we are definitely prepared because we've had an extra week to prepare. But like all students, when you give them more time, it doesn't mean that they do more work. We might have been cramming toward the end of this week, before today. <laughs> I was trying to think of words, and they're not... It's been a long week, friends. There's been a, there was an awkward pregnant silence, for sure. Pregnant silence? Don't, well, don't throw that into the universe, man. Uh, Dr. Evan... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, it just hit me. Uh, Dr. Evan was ill. Uh, yes, I had a migraine. Yes, on Sunday. So we did not record on a normal day, and... Uh, I have been attacked by my demon. Um, I have one now is referred to as Tennis Cav. Which makes me laugh because I don't think, have you, I mean, you don't play tennis at all, Heck do you? Heck no. Yeah. I am a literal, literal middle-aged man who hurt his leg walking. Okay, to be fair, you were dancing walking. Kind of, yes. I may have had a beer or two which inspired some funky jam moves to Sweet's Ballroom Blitz. Ballroom Blitz. Uh, on the very last lap, I did a dance move and uh, suddenly collapsed in pain. And uh, that's where we are. So we are full of horrible things. Well, I feel better. You've got a scooter. We're doing good. Yeah, we are a hot mess, but we're doing good. But your your um, calf will heal pretty quickly. Yes, assuming it's not infected by demonic intention. Well, I mean, your demon is in your office. Or my house. I have roaches. I suddenly have clusters of flies outside my apartment. <laughs> I think that's because the trash is not too far from <laughs> your door. That is, hey, we're not talking about my neighbors, okay? <sighs> but um, boom Dr. Ed kind of lives, like, in a loft-style building. Yes. And so it has, like, a trash chute kind of thing on every floor. Yes. And it is down the hall and around the corner. But, yes, um, you can not much... Um, but as you get closer to it, you can definitely sense its presence. Occasionally, yes. I've, I've come to visit Dr. Ed before, and you turn a corner, and it's like, whoo. Yes. <laughs> no, I think the flies are clustering because we are entering the death cycle of the common health fly because the temperatures are changing. Except, Although, except for next week, which... When I, I sent Dr. Ed a text that was like, this is BS. Yes. I was telling my students, I said, here's the temperatures for next week, and you should note that these are not temperatures. They're just BS. Then, yeah, 97 degrees in the middle of September is not a temperature. And then all just, of a sudden, 70. It's just which nonsense. Is yes, then fall hits. So, yeah. And it's like, I think, actually, the first day of fall or very close to it. When it's like it actually, the 21st-ish, yeah. usually. So anyway, so uh, you've been following the Twitters. What's going on in the yeah, Twitterverse? So I, so I tweet. Mm, I'm a tweeter. She, she does tweet. Um, I will not share my tweeters because it's my professional tweeters. Mm. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that's making it, <laughs> Dr. Ed Lamb. But I saw a tweet today, and I asked the person if I could share. Um, I'm not going to share their name, just, you know, to be sure. But a person tweeted this today. And she wrote, quote, My public history class met this week at the graveyard on our campus. Some students were missing, so I sent a rushed um, meet me at the grave tart. <laughs> at the grave tart, folks. I am so sorry. <laughs> meet me at the graveyard tonight message on um, cam- Canvas. Except I sent this message to my 35 first year students, not in this class. <laughs> Which cracked me up, and one of the students responded with, like, okay, but like, where and why? why? <laughs> And um, her public history students ended up coming, but it just it tickled me that this you're just rocking along. It's your first year, you just get a random text from your professor that's like, "Meet me at the graveyard." I am down. I am down to clown with that sort of activity. I think that would be fun to do, just for fun. We don't have a graveyard on campus except the hopes and dreams of some students who weren't successful, but there's not many of them. But um. Uh, but we have, as our listeners know, we have done the cemetery tour. Yes. So I think next time we do this, we yeah. should text everyone and be like, meet me. At the graveyard. <laughs> meet me at so-and-so's grave. Yes. That would be part of the applied learning. Can you find it? Oh, yeah. that's a good idea. I'm full of them. Whose grave? Uh, oh, God. I know whose grave you'd want. Well, of course. Our friend Archie. Archibald Beatty. Who continues to haunt 
Because his evil wife, Eliza, murdered him. All right. We're not doing this again. But that was my Twitter story. I just, it tickled me that this, like, vaguely threatening text went to her students who were just like, what the heck? So I also have a ghost story, which is not related to our topic today, but I stumbled across it in the news. So Netflix, which is trying desperately to increase its subscriber rate after it has lost a lot of subscribers for a variety of reasons, one of which is that they, too, have been possessed by demons and have increased streaming services prices by a lot. I say this bitterly because it now costs me $20 a month to watch Netflix, and it makes me angry. $20? $20. $19.99. Yours is $19.99? Yep. Mine is not. Yes. Okay. Um, so we may have to care. But that's one thing that's, again, evil. You know, if we talk about evil, things that are evil, Netflix is evil because we should all pay the same amount, right? I mean, Maybe we, I do, and I just haven't been paying attention. You probably just don't have a nose. That's how they get you. That's how the demons get you. Just they're in the background just enough <sighs> to do things that make you think they're normal. Flies, clustering, dying. Oh, it must just be the end of fly season. No, they're swarming to take over your house. Oh, I was just going to suggest that large... Capitalist corporations are just inherently evil. Well, that may be true as well. But anyway, Netflix, in an effort to sort of, again, reinvigorate its subscription service, has um, embarked in a series of new productions, original content, which is really where they're trending right now. And they're in the process of filming up a story about Marilyn Monroe. Mm -hmm. And apparently Marilyn Monroe is not particularly happy about this story and it being filmed. So they filmed a lot of these places on location in Maryland's rather troubled life. So, for example, they actually filmed um, parts of it in the apartment where she grew up. And um, uh, her mother was mentally ill and was horribly, horribly abusive towards her. And mm-hmm. so they actually were filming that in that apartment where those things happened. Um, they even filmed the death scene in um, the place where she died in Los Angeles in her home. Aww. And so what has happened is actors on the set, including the actor Anna de Armas, mm-hmm. um, have maintained that uh, Marilyn Monroe's ghost is upset by this story and this telling of this story. And she is throwing things on set, right, that you can feel this presence that's very angry in certain places where they're filming certain scenes. So Marilyn is not alive and well, but is definitely paranormal and angry if you believe what these folks are saying. So, again, just be sensitive when you're dealing with dead people and dead people's stuff, right? Well, and hopefully she has she has peace, whatever that means, because she had a tough go. Yes. Um, I mean, they should get a small psychic woman to, you know, declare the place was clean. This house is clean. In the you polter- didn't even try with the accent. I know, because every time I do an accent, someone makes fun of me, so <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, my. Yes, but that woman is delightful from Dr. Guys. <coughs> oh, Dr. Excuse Ed me. is having a tech. I have a tickle. It's the demon. It is a demon. <laughs> uh, so what are we talking about today, Dr. Ed? Today we're talking about something that most people don't really think about, and that is castles. And we're actually not talking about castles in Europe. We're actually talking about great American castles. So, not castles. That are reportedly haunted. Uh, so, castles, yes. Castle-esque in style, but yeah. not castles with the history of lords and ladies in feudalism. It's, and uh, fortifications. Yes. Yeah. Mostly castles of sort of the nouveau American riche from yep. the Gilded Age. Is yeah. that right? Gilded Age? A lot of the Gilded Age and Progressive Era, sort yes. of um, when those robber baron dudes were like, I'm going to build a castle for reasons. Right. Yes. Well, because they wanted to mimic European aristocracy. Yep. But, you know, castles, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of them. There's actually, if you go to Wikipedia, which is where we start all our good research, <laughs> Wikipedia actually suggests that there's upwards of 100 uh, architectural structures that classify as castles yeah. and classify as American castles. A lot of them are concentrated in New England mm-hmm. and along the mid-Atlantic seaboard. So Newport, Rhode Island in particular has tons of them. Places in New York. Um, yep. When I do research up there, I usually go tour some. Oh, really? Well, because on the weekends, archives are closed, so you go. Just go do something else? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I visited a, I guess what might be close to a castle. I don't know if it's on the list up in Duluth, Minnesota once. Built by one of the great iron barons or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's just essentially like mimicking the style. Yes. Right? They don't have... Some of them have moats. Yes. 
But not many. No, not they, many. They're more. They're more like. The, I mean, when we say castles, it's not really castles. It's more like great houses. Yeah, but like with the stone and turrets and yeah, you know. So especially the facade right. looks a lot, but the interiors don't. Yeah. So yeah. think think more like Downton Abbey style than you know King Arthur and Camelot. Yeah, or even like I mean. Like Buckingham Palace. I mean, like, that's not really a castle, but that kind of feel. Yeah. Right, where it looks like a castle, kind of, and then it's just yeah. a... I actually don't yeah. think that... God rest your soul. I don't think that um, Buckingham Palace was the prettiest place ever. No. It's um, not. Um, on the, for the But outside. like Windsor or something, yes. right? Which it's like... I wonder where Queen Elizabeth's ghost is going to haunt. I think she's good. You think she's good? Think Up she's with Philip? I think her and Diana are playing cards? No, but I did see, uh, for those of us who like Arrested Development, there was a meme that showed Job mm-hmm. on the um, Segway chasing Michael. Uh-huh. Was, Job was Diana. Uh-huh. And Michael was uh, yes. QE2. Yes. There's actually, I actually did see a, a family tree produced of the Queen's Corgis. Yeah. Which was cute, too. So. It is cute, though. Part of me was just like, spay and neuter your pets. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's our subject today. We're actually going to be talking about... Um, a couple of American castles, mm-hmm. which are reported to be haunted for a variety of reasons, and which I are think, unexplained. Yeah, and ones I think that our listeners probably haven't really heard of. Right. I mean, there's a lot of them, and a lot of these attract paranormal researchers and investigators, in part because the people who now own them need to find ways to finance them, right? And mm-hmm. we all know that ghost tourism is a thing, good or bad, real or not, right? You can make a lot of money if you say your house is haunted and people want to come and find out if it is or not, right? Yeah. So the Beatty House, which we will do an overnight at one of these days. We're still working out some of the details. Um, one of our listeners who is a dear patron has pestered me a couple times about this already. When are we doing this? When are we doing this? I'm like, soon. But to overnight in the Beatty House, for example, for up to five people, it's $400, yeah. I believe. You know, granted, it's cool. You're in this whole house by yourself for the night. You know, they just kind of let you do whatever you want, but it is expensive. And they book out. Um, last year, we were looking at trying to do Beatty House, and they were booked out for almost all of September, yep. all of October, every night. The Axe Murder House that we talked about, that is booked full. You can't get into that for yep. an overnight, and that's 500 or 600 bucks a night. Yeah, it was, it was more expensive. Yeah. Um, which makes sense because yeah. it's more famous. Yeah. But, no, I mean, the places make some good money right? Um, doing these sorts of things. Right. So, and again, no no shade thrown in their directions, right? I mean, I think if people want no. to investigate something that is reported to be haunted, then you might as well, you know, get what the market will bear. If you know what you're paying ahead of time and yep. you, there's no surprises. Then. Yes, it's not. Well, there's always a surprise. Well, I meant in terms of the charges. Yeah, that's probably the scariest thing that happens at the end. <laughs> but being and all things exit through the guest, or the gift shop, as they say. So shall we get started? Talk about some castles, some yeah. haunted spaces. Yes, I think you were going to start us off. I am. Um, I spent a lot of time trying to find an interesting one, and there are tons of these castles that we could talk about. But one that I found on the web, which seemed particularly interesting in part because there's a lot of disparities around the stories mm. of the castle itself, and there's some very creepy um, EVP rep- recordings that Ooh. have happened at this castle, um, is Wilson Castle. Wilson Castle. Yes. Now, Wilson Castle is actually in the Green Mountains of Vermont. So it's outside of Burlington, Vermont. It is the only castle in Vermont. And it is a castle in Vermont that many people believe looks like it belongs in Newport, Rhode Island. Dread. In terms of the style, yes. It is a neo-Renaissance castle. Um, It is almost gothic in appearance. It's got turrets. It's got lots of gargoyle-esque bird-like sculptures in the front. So a big fancy eagle, for example, and other things along those lines. I'm looking at pictures, friends. Mm -hmm. Stained glass? Yes. There are 32 rooms in the castle, there are 82 stained glass windows throughout the castle. There are 13 fireplaces in the castle. And interestingly enough, the address is something like 13, 1300 something or other. Although people argue that the 13s are just purely coincidental and not a sign of evil. It's just a coincidence that 13 fireplaces and it's 13 something else is the address. Oh, yeah, that's not what this is. Oh, well, there you go. This is 2970. Well, there you go. (laughs) See, the lies continue. 
So let's talk a little bit about this castle and its history, which is somewhat disputed. So searching online, there's not a lot about this castle. I mean, there is the haunted, there's a Wilson Castle site, and they actually don't talk up the paranormal aspect as much as you would expect them to. They really are in the process of restoration and renovation for the purposes of turning it into like a bridal destination for destination weddings, things like that. It's very, it's very lovely. It's like red brick. Yes. Yeah, it's beautiful. In fact, it's, it looks a lot like places that we have here in St. Joseph. That, mm-hmm. that style of architecture. Just a you know, larger scale. Yeah, yeah. is prominent. Um, so it is about 13,000 square feet, if I'm remembering right. Nice. And um, it was originally constructed in 1885. So, again, it is just a little over 140 years old. Or That's a like under. smack dab in the Gilded Age. Yeah, so... And it was built by John Johnson and Sarah Robbins. Now, John Johnson was a, you can't see it on, on, on the podcast, folks, but he was a doctor, right, from England. And he really wasn't a medical doctor. He was, you know, if we were to treat him kindly, call him a holistic healer. But what most people refer to him as was a snake oil salesman. He was a con man, right? I mean, with a name like John Johnson. Yes. Yeah, well, you know, better than Levi Johnson, I suppose. If we get the joke, if you remember Sarah Palin's daughter's husband. Just, just go. Just, <laughs> just, just go. Just moving on. I'm moving on. Um, he had actually been married four times. Sarah Robbins was his third wife. She was from a moneyed family out of Boston. And so basically the argument was, or what we have heard, is that he basically married her for her money, and it was her money that built this house, right? So they started building it, and it took seven and a half years to build. Um, that, And then they spent about $1.3 million to build it, which is about $33 million now adjusted for inflation. Woo. And um, they only lived there for about seven and a half years. And then this is where the stories are a little bit muddled. There's one story that said Sarah Johnson mysteriously died in the house and mm-hmm. that John Johnson left because he couldn't maintain um, the, the financial burden of it. There is a story that says um, Sarah Johnson left and went back to England and he couldn't afford to maintain the house. Why would she go to England? She's from Boston. I don't know. And then the story that seems to be the most well-confirmed now, and there's still people doing lots of research on this, is that, um, first of all, John Johnson and Sarah Robbins actually had a son, um, Elliot, and John Johnson was a jerk face, and he just left them, Ah. basically fled, um, in part because her family was really unhappy with him and her family had money and was putting financial pressures on him. Oh, okay. So he abandoned the family and then she and Elliot moved back to Boston. And so once they moved back to Boston, the house was bought and sold several different times mm. until it was purchased um, in 1940, I believe, by one Colonel Wilson um, from the U.S. Army Signal Corps. Mm-hmm. And he bought it for the price of back taxes only. Oh, wow. Which was $12,000 then, which is about $200,000 now. Dang. And the house has been in the Wilson family um, for, um, from that point moving forward. It's still owned by the Wilsons, so the mm. family still owns it. I think it's basically being run now by his great-great-granddaughter, something like that. Yeah, or it's his about, about 80 years. Yeah. Um, also, side note about Sarah um, uh, Robbins, something that was noted is there's actually no pictures of Sarah Robbins like anywhere um, that they can find, and mm. there's no records of anyone in that community ever actually seeing her. What that means, I don't know, but that was just a sidebar that was brought up by some people who were doing some of this investigation of the Wilson place. I'm not all that surprised, but... Yes. So the inside of the place is itself... Beautiful, yet in a state of kind of chronic disrepair. Um, again, they are in the process of trying to restore, but anyone who does restoration work knows that that's a lot of time and a lot of money. It's expensive. And is it on the historic res- register? That I don't know. Because that, that adds um, time and cost because right. you have to... Meet certain requirements yep. And, yep. and all that. But, for example, they have in a lot of the bedrooms, the bedrooms were all hand-painted. The ceilings were hand-painted with these frescoes or whatever you would call them, right? Wow. They had Italian 
Um, painters come, they paid them seven and a half cents an hour to basically lay on their back and paint the ceilings, right? Uh, Michelangelo style. And apparently when the house was built, it was actually they had upwards of 50 European craftsmen come and build the house. So it is a European house built in the United States, which is now owned by an American family. And Colonel Wilson being in the Signal Corps, he was actually well known for code cracking, mm-hmm. things like that. So he was a pretty well-known person in that area. So if you were to tour the house, and you can't actually tour the house, you will find lots of interesting old artifacts. So um, lots of old furniture, um, pictures of the colonel's family, right, from through the generations, right, sculptures. Um, and apparently one thing that is still there is um, Colonel Wilson's favorite piece, which was an old um, music box, wind-up music box that you kind of like the old-school record players where you had a metal Mm -hmm. grooved plate that you put on, you crank it up, and it would play the tunes on it. Although now, apparently, because time has warped all those plates, it always sounds creepy when it plays. (laughs) But they have noticed that the music box does turn on by itself. Um, Sometimes it'll turn on when someone's standing close to it, and they suspect in those sorts of circumstances, it is probably someone moving that has caused a shift, right? That's just mm-hmm. enough to... Especially if it's all wobbly. Yeah, because they're on these spring mechanisms. Yeah. But they've often heard the music box turn on like in the middle of the night, just kind of when no one should be around and nothing should be moving. So that's one of the first kind of creepy incidences. Mm-hmm. Now, this ghost, uh, sorry, this house... Um, apparently has many ghosts that haunt it. And what's interesting is that there's many ghosts that purportedly haunt this place um, because um, they suspect that there is both a portal and a vortex. Dr. Evan just rolled her eyes. (laughs) But the portal and the vortex allow the spirits to more freely move between the planes. Why? Why would they think there's a portal and a vortex? I don't know. Okay, no, no. No, no. They have to have a reason. You can't just be like, well, I've decided it's a portal. I've decided it's a vortex. A, what's the difference? And B... They think it's in a closet. They... They do. They think the portal is in a closet. Yes. On the second floor. Yes. Hey, not my house. All right. Anyway... The house does have some history, so only one person has ever um, officially been reported as dying in the house, and that was a handy person who was polishing the stair banister and had a heart attack and died. Oh, no. Um, But no one else has officially been reported as having died there, but there have been several mysterious disappearances around the house (laughs) and the property. They get sucked into the vortex. Maybe they got sucked into the vortex, (laughs) right? We don't know. Um, and they suspect that there's actually people who are buried around the property that they don't know about. And there's suspicions that there's people buried in the basement. And they're actually trying to, as part of this process, um, raise money so they can maybe do an actual exhumation to see if there's anything down there. Um, but you have to be careful because you don't want to disturb the foundation. You have to be careful with this old style house. I have another question. Yes. I probably don't have an answer. Okay. But why do they think there are people buried there? Um, like, what was it before they built the house? Uh, it was just land, as I believe. But they think people are buried in there because they've had spirit box sessions where they've had spirits communicate that they were interred underneath So they have the no historical evidence. Not that, at least not that I know of, right? I watched a 30-minute video by some dude who... No, no, no. It's just, I'm not saying that people couldn't have been buried there. But generally speaking, most of the time, we don't run around just dropping people in random holes. Unless well, you're trying to cover something up. Well, maybe. It could be shady. Well, it could be, but I feel like you need some you need some historical evidence. You can't just be like my spirit box said Marsha. <laughs> and then I decided that that meant that Marsha was buried in the land. <laughs> she may be buried in land. We don't know where Marsha's buried. And I'm just... We don't know. We don't know. But anyway, um, the house does have some interesting history. I'm going to get more to the haunting stuff in just a second, but... Actually, and this is well recorded in the newspapers, right? In 1918, so the house has an art gallery, an art gallery in it. Okay. And in 1918, there was actually an art heist that took place. People actually came in through the basement and came up. They cut 17 pictures 
oh, out of no. the frames, out of the gilded frames, oh, and no. stole them. They have all been recovered over the years. Excellent. They have found them all, but that's kind of a cool story. I just, oh, when they cut them out of the frames. Yes. I get painful. why they do it, but oh. It's painful. So, basically, um, the second floor is reported as being the most haunted of the three floors. The third floor is actually not well used because it's not fully finished. Is it's it actually more like an attic space kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and it's in a lot of disarray. disarray. Mm-hmm. There's some dangerous spaces. Um, you know, that maybe the floor is unstable or right, they just don't want you going there. There's no place that they say you can't go there because the ghosts are going to eat your soul, right? They just say that there's places we don't want you to go, but I also think when you go there, at least based upon the film I watched, they don't really spend a lot of time policing where you go because this dude was everywhere. He's like, oh, I probably shouldn't be here, it's not safe. Oh, and you'll appreciate this. There's this one part he's like coming down. He's like, Well, I'm going to go up into the space. And he's like, Ah! You know, and then he's like, It's a bat, it's a bat, it's a bat. And he's <laughs> running out, which is very funny. So the second floor is the most spooky, and there's bedrooms in the second floor, lots of different rooms. And they basically have identified one to two bedrooms that seem to be the most paranormally active. And by paranormally active, that's where they either see things. Um, in the room that change, meaning that stuff gets moved without no one actually having mm-hmm. moved it. Mm-hmm. Or they will hear voices in the spirit box and stuff. They have very kind of active, um, uh, 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 what do you call EVP sessions, right? So just to remind our listeners, the spirit box is the thing that jumps channels really quickly, yeah. right? Yeah, so it's like, it's like a frequency box and so it just it's just cycling through radio frequencies right and they ask a question and as it cycles through these frequencies they're waiting to hear if they can get a what seems like a sentient non-random response right because um, it's just bouncing across radio channels mm-hmm. and it's a lot of it's static and white noise and things like that and then an EVP phenomenon is where you're doing a session and you're actually recording and you're asking questions or you're just recording and occasionally you'll hear something. Um, on the tape afterwards mm-hmm. that you may not have heard yourself as well. Good. Two pretty common tools. Um, none of them really make, uh, I mean, maybe EVP makes more sense to me that, okay, it is actually recording something and there might be something we don't hear. Spirit boxes, I don't fully understand. I mean, I get that they're saying spirits are trying to take the energy from these frequencies to communicate, but I don't get the science behind it because there is no science behind it. But people are making a lot of money selling these boxes, so to speak. Um, so anyway, the second floor is the most haunted. They've had lots of incidences in one particular room, which they, you know is a young girl's room, um, or at least was a young girl's room, uh, where stuffed animals get moved around a lot. So a little bit reminiscent of um, the Sally house, right? They mm-hmm. haven't been in a, we're going to kind of summon the devil circle, but it's like, huh, that animal wasn't there before. It was somewhere else. Um but one of the things that was perhaps the most creepy is there was a paranormal tour going on. And I want to warn listeners that this is a little bit horrific um, and it may have a triggering effect. So it's because it is about sexual assault. Oh, no. Um, but they were doing this EVP spirit box session in this room and they heard what they thought was a young person's voice. Um you know, they likely identified it as female, but it wasn't necessarily female. Could have been a child. That right, a child that, yeah. of some kind. But um, what they said, um, they basically um, said, you know, who are you? You know, who are you? Who are, are you? And what the what the recording suggested, I think it was an EVP, there was a voice, childlike voice that said, I'm too young for this. And then um, they're like, you're too young for what, right? And then they heard the word rape is what oh, they heard. No. And the, sh- the mood in the room shifted, they said. Um, it went from, hey, we're having this conversation, and it got, they said, much heavier, much more oppressive. Yeah. Because then another voice came on the spirit box, which is a deeper, older voice, and it said, don't talk about it. Oh, no. Is what it said. So that was particularly creepy and disturbing. Now, there have been, again, lots of reportings of other ghosts, other things cited. There's been nothing particularly malicious or malevolent. There are people who report that you've seen Sarah Robbins in the big glass mirror in what was her bedroom. 
um, which doesn't make any sense because she didn't die in the house. You know, she was only attached to the house because it was her money that built the house. And she might have not been real. <laughs> she might not have even <laughs> been real. We don't know. Um, but this is a house that you can actually still go and visit. You can book overnight ghost tours at it. Um, and it's beautiful in terms of where the location is. You know, Vermont, I've never been, but I've heard the Green Mountains are just amazing. Um, and I'm sure that the Wilson family would love people to invest in it. But it seems, again, while the Wilson family is not going to discount the paranormal stuff, they really are focused on trying to preserve the house and the history of the house and the artifacts that exist within the house. They are much more about historical preservation than um, uh, historical paranormal mm-hmm. or ahistorical paranormal. So they actually have set up a special trust as well um, that's meant to just preserve the house. That's the purpose of the okay. special trust. So I feel like they're more legit than lots of people who are just making a fast buck, mm-hmm. but I don't know for sure. So anyway, friends, that is a spooky, spooky Wilson house. Again, I do feel like it's a little creepy. I'd be creeped out staying there, but I'd be creeped out staying anywhere. I get creeped out going into my own bathroom at night sometimes. So, Well, I mean, with your roach crowd. Hey, one of those days I'm going to just turn the corner. It's going to be like really big. Hey, get out of <laughs> the bathroom. Yeah. I saw you murder Billy with your gun of alcohol, alcohol rubbing alcohol. Um, no, I just, I have questions about this one. Yeah. No, you don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. But I just, I'm, this whole vortex thing is. What do we know about vortex or I know vortices? Nothing. I know nothing. Um, perhaps um, we will give you an update on listeners on the powers of the vortex. I know that there's a place in, in, um, in Oregon, um, down in southern Oregon, that actually is supposed to have a vortex where things, it's space and reality is just warped and twisted. Uh, I have never been to the Oregon vortex, but um, I hear it is a thing. So we will find out more. Sound good? All right. All right. Check it out, though. We'll post some pictures online of the castle. And we, we will. We yes. will this time. <laughs> we're we're going to get to all this stuff. I actually have a video of our PhD paranormal sign, but it is too big for me to send to through my email via the phone. It's just complicated. So. You can't upload it through your phone it, to Facebook? Uh, Facebook is complicated on my phone with PhD paranormal. Okay. We'll just leave it there. You will leave it at that. It's right. my demon. Oh, no. <laughs> um, well, I am going to talk about a more local castle it's not in st joseph but yeah. it is in the town of springfield missouri which not is, illinois i said missouri yes um which is i don't know maybe 80 miles from kansas city or so it is about a three and a half hour drive from, from here st joe okay I believe. well springfield is you know not too far but this is the pythian castle is it pythian or pythian is it- i looked it up Okay, it's not Pythian. Nope, it's Pythian. Pythian. I okay. double, I quadruple checked. Like Pith helmet, but with a Y. Oh my gosh! <laughs> All right, the Pythian. You can, you can always tell when she's just annoyed with me because there's a <laughs> sigh and an awkward silence, and then okay. <laughs> so the Pythian Castle was built by the Order of the Knights of Pythias. Okay. Which was an international fraternal order. Whites only. Do we know that for sure? Yeah, at the time. Uh, They let um, people of color in starting in the 50s. Well, that's pretty progressive. The 50s. 1950s, yeah. It was established in 1864 in Washington, D.C. Okay, so a uniquely American order then. Yep, and it was actually the first fraternal order to be chartered by an act of Congress. Oh, really? Why would Congress have done this? I don't know. Okay. I got nothing for you there. All right. But they wanted to have a Grand Lodge in Missouri. There are various Pythian castles or Pythian houses throughout the country. Um, But they wanted one in Missouri because Missouri had actually a pretty large um, order within the state. Do we know how big? Um, So the numbers I tried to find are not great. Mm -hmm. But I think a couple of thousand, which is pretty big. Yeah. they wanted it in Springfield. There were some other cities that were sort of up for grabs, like of potential places to have a lodge. Right. Because even though it is in Missouri, it's a um, national lodge. Okay. So anybody could visit if they needed to. Right. Um, actually, the Chamber of Commerce um, in Springfield um, sold 53 acres of land to the Knights for $1. Really? Yeah. 
but it took them 20 years to raise $75,000 to build the actual castle, which is constructed out of... Is it limestone? Please be limestone. Please be limestone. Carthage limestone. Yes. Now we know. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. I wonder if the Wilson Castle is made of limestone, or if it's all just brick. I think it's brick and marble. Oh. Okay. It looked like it to me. Maybe the foundation is limestone. You'll have to look it up. Yes. But yes, this is built out of Carthage limestone, which is a, apparently a much stronger version of limestone. Much better. Much better at channeling ghosts. Mm-hmm. So they broke ground in okay. 1911. Okay. And they finished it in 1913. Oh, that's pretty quick. Yeah, and it cost the Knights about $100,000 to Holy build. Holy biscuits. That's yeah. a lot of money. It is. It's big. It is 40,000 square feet. Oh, yes. So it's a, it's a big one. Yes. Yeah, that is big because the White House is 54,000 square feet. Um, oh, here we go. So by the time the Grand Lodge opened, there were about 1,000 local members. Okay. So in the Springfield and surrounding areas. Okay. Now, they built the castle, and this is why they got it sold for a dollar. They built it specifically as an orphanage and old folks' home. Okay. So it was for um, members of the Knights of Pythias and their families who were aged and didn't have anyone to take care of them, and for the children and grandchildren of the Knights of Pythias. Um, This is obviously before Social Security, and oftentimes in these fraternal organizations, Men especially, if they outlive their wives, would end up at these lodges because they don't have right. anyone to take care of them. Now, the the Pythian Castle is, in my opinion, not the prettiest thing on earth. Okay. Um, but it's well constructed. It's huge. Again, it's, if I may ask, yeah, what do you look for in a castle? If you were on the market to buy a haunted castle, what would you be looking for? So I don't like um, Pythian Castle. To me, kind of looks like Windsor, where it's like very square, mm-hmm. and I prefer like the pretty turrets and like the roundness. Gotcha. Uh, also, I personally, maybe it's because I grew up in Indiana and everything's made out of limestone. Um, so many ghosts. My God, there's so much limestone in Indiana. Um, that, to me, it's just not the prettiest. It's very clearly well done and everything. Right. Like, this is not a poorly constructed home. Right. But it's just not my personal... Your cup of tea? My personal aesthetic. Oh, fair enough. Uh, the Pythian House was not a great place, though. Okay. Pythian Castle. Um, so we've got some accounts from folks who were there. Okay, so actual actual real history. Yeah. This so is how this is how you do this, folks. It's actually real historical research. That's not what I did. <laughs> um, so basically there's this a story from a an elderly woman um, named Mildred who was in her late nineties when she gave an interview. I always trust a Mildred. A Mildred would never lie. I mean, I don't think so. But Mildred was left at the Pythian Castle with three sisters and two brothers. Oh, dear. Basically, her father, it's a little unclear, but her father had died, um, and he was a knight and had left eight children, and her mom just couldn't afford to take care of everybody. Fair. And the idea was, this is not going to be a permanent thing, that her mom would come back and get them. Lies. Um, oh. But the Pythian Castle had really strict rules. Boys and girls were not allowed to even interact. Okay. So her whole time there, she never got to talk to her brothers. Okay. Because even if you were siblings, you couldn't. That seems um, not kind. No, not kind at all. And actually, um, there's another story. It didn't come from Mildred, but there's another story where um, a mom had had a child. Um, husband had died. She got remarried to a knight of Pythias, mm-hmm. had more children, mm-hmm. right, because she was young. Um, he ended up dying, and the knights of Pythias would not take her first child because he was not the son of a knight. Well, I mean, at least they're consistent, if not buttholes. <sighs> yeah, and the kids worked there. The girls did, like, laundry and kitchen work, um, cooking and canning. The boys herded, uh, worked outside. They did herding of cattle. They had a large garden out there. This was in what time period? So she was there in the 1920s. Oh, yeah. So Hoover's America, Coolidge's America. Yeah, a little bit of both. No free lunch. No. Um, They did get one new outfit a year. Ooh. Um, And she apparently Mildred got a dress that she didn't like. The sleeves were too froofy, so she pulled (laughs) them off, and so they locked her in a closet. 
Oh, my. Until she sewed them back on. Was there a portal? No, but she was there for days. Oh, my goodness. Because she didn't know how to sew. Right. And so apparently some of the girls would sneak down to help her sew her sleeves back on. says a lot about how far we've come in terms of benevolence in society and what it means to actually care for people around us. Yeah. Um, And the kids also, there were elderly folks there. The the house could, could actually house... Um, over a hundred people. Yeah, it big. never even got close to that. Oh, okay. Um, but it could house that many. Um, so the kids were there, and there were elderly folks there too. But the kids couldn't interact with the elderly folks either. Okay. So it's very isolating and a yes. lot of work. Um, Mildred's um, Mildred basically got taken back by her family when she was fifteen. So she okay. lived there for a while. Um, but uh, the orphanage was there for some time. Um, but in 1942, during okay. World War II, basically the U.S. military purchased the Pythian Castle from the Knights of Pythias okay. um, because it was a great place. Because it only has, can only house 100 people, but it's got 40,000 square feet. And so the Army did all kinds of things. They built a bar. They built a theater slash cinema slash funeral area. <laughs> Because um, full service. Well, um, over a hundred people died in that building. Right. Um, a lot of them were the elderly folks because that was their last place. Right. Um, so it had like a stage where you could have the funeral, etc. Um, it had a bowling alley. Um, mm-hmm. It had like a really large kitchen, so it was really accommodating for the military. So it was a place where guys could go to have some rest and some relaxation when they came back on leave, or. You know, when they were, um, you know, in town for a period of time, they could stay there. Just chill out. Yeah. Netflix and chill. Um, Because the castle also became part of the O'Reilly General Hospital compound. Okay. So if you were injured, but like well enough, you could go to the castle. Right. And like rest there. Okay. So it was like a recuperation. Yeah, yeah. So like um if you weren't if you were like you can't go back right. to the battlefield, but you're not ready to go home, you could go there. Sure. Right. Um and uh they would also let the ladies come visit in the evenings. I'm sure just to play cards. Um as the current owner noted, quote, that was serious husband hunting territory. Oh. Cuz a lot of them did get married and oh. a lot of them stuck around Springfield. Oh, good. Um but the castle also housed prisoners of war. Mm-hmm. So they housed at least a dozen Germans and 60 Italian soldiers. In the basement, they call it the dungeon. So basically they could lock people up. There was also a Japanese prisoner of war who cooked. Um, and he was apparently um, very, very kind. And the people, like the people who worked there liked him, but they really hated the German soldiers who they said were really rude and would spit on them. Oh. Um, but the Japanese soldier, they gave him paints because he painted. And so in the basement, there are still, like, landscapes that he painted along the walls that are actually really lovely. Huh. Um, after World War II, the building remained in military hands, but obviously it wasn't really used for that purpose anymore. Um, for several year, years, it was an Army Reserve Center. Then they leased it out in the 80s to the Ozarks Area Community Action Corporation, which okay. didn't really do much with it. Um, in 1993, they sold the property via auction to a couple of different folks. Uh, that's kind of a longer story. And then um, the current owner, her name is Tamara Finocchiaro, okay. and I'm, I'm butchering her name, and I apologize, bought it, and then in 2010... She opened it up, and now basically you can take tours of it. But it also hosts like weddings and events okay. because it's perfect for that, right? Because right. it's got a beautiful exterior for pictures, etc. And then it has like huge open halls, right? So you can have like events. Um, tales of hauntings happened pretty quickly. Okay. Um, but they really picked up when the army took over. Okay, so we're going back in time. So it's not like recent. You know, the person bought it, and suddenly we have ghosts. Yep. All right, that's there good There are know. stories from the time, okay. like from when guys were there. Well, it's that damn limestone. I know. Tracking all the I knew you'd be excited when it was limestone. I am excited. Limestone is exciting. 
Um, For example, in 1942, a man was visiting some friends who were at the castle, and he said that when he walked in, he just felt something, Mm -hmm. like he felt uncomfortable. And then he went into a room, kind of like a waiting area to kind of wait for his friends to come out, and he said he just kept feeling that, like, Bat, you know, heckles raising right. feeling like somebody staring at you. Yes. But he would turn around, there wasn't anybody there. Um, and he felt the only, every time he was there, when he would come to visit, he felt like somebody was following him and watching him. Sure. Um, he also, a couple of times, heard voices, like a man and a woman speaking. Okay. He couldn't tell what they were saying. And, you know, at first he was just like, well, that's just somebody. But a lot of the women weren't allowed, except at certain times. To visit, um, so he was a little surprised by that. But also, they, it sounded like they were in the room, right? But he couldn't see them. Uh, another uh, worker, she reported that she would walk into one of the rooms that was near, like where the girls' dormitory was, and that she would often hear like a little girl's voice say "hello." Huh. And she said the first time she just instinctually like went "hi." Right. And heard kind of a laugh, and then it went away. Huh. Um, and there were other stories kind of like that, like just vaguely creepy. Right. Nothing really well, extreme. So no, no, like, scrapings and attackings. and. No. I didn't really see any of that. Right. Um, but there have been a lot more stories All since right. then. Because, of course, ghost tourism is a part of this. Yes. You can take ghost tours of the Pythian Castle. Um, it's also been featured on Ghost Adventures. Our faves. And our genuine faves, the yeah. ghoul boys from yes. BuzzFeed. Yes, they were the best. Um, but Tamara has talked about some experiences. Um, I read an account from a couple um, of friends who had gone to one of the ghost tours, and she was there. She doesn't give the tours, but right. she just happened to be there. And they asked her, have you ever met any of the ghosts? And she apparently was a little like, oh, Okay, like I think she was taken aback and she said um, that, yes, when she first got there, she said, quote, we had paint drapes covering the doorway of the writing room, which was uh, apparently in an expansive chamber in the west wing of the castle. She said, when I walked back into the hallway, I pushed through the drapes and encountered a physical body standing on the other side. I bumped into it. And then she basically started looking for someone and there wasn't anybody there. Um a number of people who work there have heard someone whistling in the foyer. Uh-huh. Um, people have heard, like, almost like the sounds of a party mm-hmm. in some of the rooms. Um, she later that day apparently spent all day, like, checking the windows because she was freaked out and thought there was somebody there. Right. Um, so Ghost Adventures went there. The BuzzFeed ba- boys. Zach Baggins. Zach Baggins. Uh, the BuzzFeed boys went there. I was kind of look. I watched both of them to kind of see what they experienced. Right. Was there any similarities in what they experienced? Um, no. All right. <laughs> then we believe the BuzzFeed people. The BuzzFeed guys got a lot, actually. All right. Um, the Ghost Adventure guys did the the standard stuff, which is like Zach Bagans walks in and is like that feel of force. I want to provoke it. Hey, ghost. Hey, ghost, come and punch me. You want to hit me, ghost? Yeah, so um, one thing that they use that the, the BuzzFeed guys don't use is the connect. Oh. So it's a little thing. It's I don't really understand what it is. Is that the thing that shows the stick figures? Yes. Ugh. Yeah, so it looks like little stick figures. So it's supposed to, like, hunt out human images or something and, like, you can see yeah. the rough outline. Yeah, it, yeah it, it identifies what it senses is some sort of an image or a presence, and then it tries to use sort of a connect-the-dots sort of technology, and they basically look like stick figure figures. So it'll often be like, oh, he's on your shoulder, he's on your shoulder, man, he's on your shoulder, turn around, he's on your shoulder! And then they panic and scream and yeah. screech and someone pees their pants and... You know. Um, so they had two connects okay. pop up. So one was after one of the guys was walking and had the camera and didn't see, and he hit his leg. Was this old school like Nick? I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't remember. All right. Uh, I don't know all their names yes. other than Zach. Um, but one of the guys bumped their leg and, like, hurt. Like, it right. bumped it pretty hard, and I guess he yelped. Right. And immediately, like, the connect thing came up. So okay. they were like, oh, he's feeding off of your pain. <laughs> well. Um, and Zach apparently yelled at one point. Because he felt like pins and needles in his fingers, 
And he said that he felt like he was about to have a panic attack, and then one of the Connect guys came out. I did just roll my eyes in contempt at Zach Baggins. That's okay. You can. Um, they've all had they had a number of EVPs, none of which I heard. Like, it just sounded like, hur, hur. Until they said. <laughs> Even some of them, oh, when really? they said what they said, I was like, I don't hear that. Um, some light balls, <laughs> like the little orbs. Gotcha. Um, and then, um, at one point, this was a little odd, but I think he was just picking up um, interference. Mm-hmm. He went to go talk on his walkie, and a voice came through. Oh. That wasn't very clear, but was clearly not one of the guys. Oh. So there was some talkie. Some walkie-talkie. Yeah. That was about it. Oh. Uh, but our BuzzFeed boys went. Okay. And our BuzzFeed boys used their spirit box. Which they hate. I think who was it? Uh, uh, Shane hates it. Shane hates it. Yes. Uh, he's the tall one. Yes. Ryan, the shorter guy, loves it. Right. But they actually got a lot. Oh, really? Um, so they were in the boys' dormitory, and they were asking, is anyone here? And a woman's voice pretty clearly said, I'm here. And then they said, you know, asked her a couple questions, and then it was, I love you. And then they said, what's your name? And they heard Jimmy. Okay. So they said a woman's voice, but it could have been a, a boy. A young, young boy. Um, and then as they were walking out, um, they did hear a man's voice say, don't leave. Okay. From the boys' dormitory. They also went into an area called the Queen's Suite, which is a large bedroom. And they were talking about that there was a, quote, alleged possession in the past of another ghost hunter. Huh. And they said it with a great deal of derision. <laughs> so I don't remember that from the Ghost Adventures episode, but it was somebody like that. Um, so in there, they had a moment which gave them much joy. And me, as a, um avid BuzzFeed watcher, also liked. So there has been an ongoing joke about how there's a ghost that they call Apple Tater. Okay. Who follows them. All right. Because they've heard Apple Tater and spaghetti on a variety of EVPs. And so they're in that room, and they hear Apple Tater. <laughs> um, and then basically they um, said something else, and the thing said severe allergic reaction. And then Ryan was laughing, and he said, well, what do you do? Or, like, what do you do with the Apple Tater or something like that? And the voice said, hunger. Okay. And then Ryan kept saying, say, uh, or Shane kept saying, say spaghetti, say spaghetti, say spaghetti. And then it said spaghetti. Nice. Um. So that one, that made me laugh, just because they were so right. excited. And also, you should know, Shane doesn't think that this is real. No, But he was still all. having fun. Not at all. Um, they went to a couple other areas and got the same similar EVPs, not Apple Tater, but right. like, hello, right. that sort of thing. Um, there is an alleged ghost in the dungeon area known as Mr. Boots. Okay. And I couldn't find a lot of info on Mr. Boots other than... They hear footsteps. Right. And he is the, like, aggressive ghost. Right. I did think I saw when I was doing some stuff with Wilson Castle a link to a YouTube video about the dungeon ghost. And I don't know if it's the same one, but it's like, you know, because I was searching Haunted Castle, so maybe it's the same thing. But apparently Mr. Boots um, can sometimes, like, pinch or push. Um, But... um, in that particular scene, Shane farted at him and said, <laughs> I farted for you, Mr. Boots. Um, they didn't have a lot of experiences down there, but apparently some people have talked about feeling really uncomfortable really? in the dungeon area. Yeah. From what I could find, none of the prisoners died there. Almost everyone that died... Um, Was one of the elderly? Yeah, and I think a couple of the children died during sure. because of illness, that right. sort of thing. Um, and, of course, some of the soldiers okay. um, who were ill. Right. Um, passed away because right. the hospital's right there. Um, but I didn't really find anything about, like, I think all the prisoners left safely. Right. So I don't think any of them died. And the basement is a basement, but it wasn't, like, I wouldn't want to live down there, but it wasn't, like, particularly damp or moldy or anything like right. that. So I think their conditions were, all things considered, okay. Okay. Um but, yeah, people say that you know, if you go online, there's lots of people talking about, like, in reviews, like, having seen orbs, um, you know, whether that's dust or an orb, because on the camera right. they'll look pretty or similar. Or bug, reflecting light. Yeah, it's unclear, and um, lots of people just, like, having that vague feeling of don't like it. Right. Um, but there are lots of weddings that happen there, lots of events that happen there with no incident. Sure. Um 
But I think they primarily make their money off of events now. I don't think they make most of their money off of... Ghost tourism? Yeah, but ghost tour. I mean, they have history tours, They have and they have haunted tours. Right. So. Well, maybe we'll have to check it out since it's only four hours away. Yeah, and I think there's some other cool stuff in Springfield. I think yeah. there's some other haunted happenings that yes. maybe we could check out at some point. Absolutely. But yeah, that's a Pythian castle, so I think we'll also try and post some pictures of the castle. Nice. I would say um, the interior is not a grand house right. like um, the Wilson Castle. So right. it is a little disappointing only if you're expecting it to right. be... Like it's someone's beautiful home. Right. The function was different. Correct. When Absolutely. it was constructed. So, yeah. yes. It's not meant for a private home for a wealthy guy. Right. Exactly. Or yeah. a snake oil salesman. Well, I said a wealthy guy. Con man. Yeah. Who murdered his wife. Yeah. But he didn't. But we know who murdered her husband. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to. Eliza. Eliza B. That was me clicking my pen at him, getting ready to stab him. So as we wrap up today's episodes, listeners, of course, these are locations that are near and far from us, but we would love to hear about your haunted stories, whether they are near or far from you. If you want to remain anonymous in any story, we will certainly protect your anonymity. I'm not very good at protecting Dr. Evans' (laughs) anonymity. That's fine. But I'm better with people who really want anonymity. Why are you saying it so strangely? You're like, anonymity. Anonymity. (laughs) Yes. But we also, we do have some exciting episodes coming up. Yes. um, Based in part on suggestions. Yes. Hopefully very soon we'll have our first interview. We've got to set that up. Yes. Um, So we have someone who actually participated in a ghost hunt at a place that we talked about who we're going to bring on as soon as she is feeling well. She's recovering from a medical procedure. Um, we do have um, our agents in the field, so to speak, so we'll get perhaps an update on Dale one of these days, um, who hasn't been leaving pennies, apparently. He has oh. kind of calmed down, but now he's entered the dreams, I think. Oh, so gosh. that's even worse. Um, oh. And, of course, we're always very grateful for all of our patrons who not only provide us with cool, flashy PhD paranormal signs, but also funds to stay hyper-caffeinated as we do these things. As he looks over at our table and we both have our diet dues. Yes. You know, hashtag not sponsored, hashtag sponsor me. Right. Diet do, the do of the best ghost hunters, right? Yeah, but we love our patrons and we love all of you who listen every yes. week and share us because um, some yes. folks have been sharing on Facebook, etc. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we really appreciate that. Yeah. So deep thanks to all of our patrons. Let's see if we can get them down right. All right. So, so Money Penny, because we just mentioned Money them. Penny, the captain. Apple Pie. Apple Pie, um, the Gypsy Queen. Creepy Crawl Space Girl. Ghost Whisperer. Jet, the Jet. Jet, the Jet. <coughs> Excuse me. Ghosted. Um, do we have any others? We probably do. Um, oh, oh, oh my gosh. What is that name? Philosopher. Faux philosopher? Fake philosopher? It's something philosopher, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. I we'll have to. We'll have to verify that name. <laughs> We're just going to call him Dead Ghost Guy. For the time being. Dead, dead white man philosopher man. Dead white man ghost. <laughs> the ghost of Aristotle. The ghost of Rawls. The ghost of Kant. No, that's going to mean anything to all your listeners because that's a very narrow insight. Oh, they're going to they're gonna know. Some of you will know yeah. for sure. But uh, we always appreciate any feedback you want to give us. So please don't forget you can always email us directly at phdparanormal at gaegmail.com. Friends, we are losing it. You can also message us on Facebook. Puffa Facebook. Yes, you can message us on we Facebook. We are, as soon as we make one of these trips, whether it's to the Pythian Castle or to Stool Cemetery, which I really want to go to, it's like 80 miles from us. We should go. It is the gateway to hell. We just won't get arrested. I've, I've told Dr. Ed that I will go in the daytime. Because, not because I'm scared of... The ghosties. It's because they arrest people regularly for trespassing at night, and I do not want to get arrested. But what a great thing for your P&T packet. No. <laughs> Was arrested. Okay. Arrested for activism is one thing. Arrested for... For visiting. ghost activism. It's not ghost activism. You are maybe trying to liberate these spirits from the portal of hell. But I do know one of our former colleagues has been to Stool Cemetery. Former as in they're deceased? No. Oh. Former as in they retired. Who's by the stool? Um, we will call him Bandman. Oh. Oh, okay. Baseman? 
played the bass. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> and also, so much mystery on this podcast. <laughs> who knows what's going to happen next? Unless, unless you know exactly who we're talking about. But, yes. Um, thanks again for listening and sharing. And please, if you have time, rate us. You can rate us on um, Spotify. You can rate us on Apple, Apple Podcasts. Yes. Um, that does help because the more ratings we have, especially if they're good ratings, um, the more um, people will see our podcast. Yeah. yeah. So um, with that, spooky listeners, stay spooky. And we'll see you next week, actually. Next week, because we'll be recording yeah. in just one week. Yeah. And um, I'm excited. Woohoo! All right. All right. Bye. Bye.